a place I'd give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico You got to be in so much to see in Mexico Bit of a treat for you, a few more seconds of Long John Baldrick. Uh, and Mexico is where we go now to Campeche in Mexico. And say uh, a very good evening to uh, John Bonfilio. John, thanks uh, ever so much for joining us. A very good evening to you too, Martin. Yep, now we talked uh, limes and the shortage of limes uh, last week. Uh, this week it's uh, avocados. Um, is this to do with the cartels, or there's a shortage of avocados, basically? Um, what's causing it? Well, there's a shortage of avocados because uh, um, an inspector from the U.S. Department of Agri Agriculture about 10 days ago received a threatening phone call, and then as a result, the U.S. decided to ban, uh, to, to have an immediate suspension of all imports uh, from Mexico, which amounts to about 80% of avocados, the vast majority of which come from the western state of Michoacán, which have been, has been riven with uh, cartel problems for about the last 15 years. Last time I tried to measure it, there were nine cartels that were involved in trying to make uh, uh, profit from the avocado industry over there. Uh, and as a result, it's been a crisis uh, time because the U.S. reckons or reckoned that it had about a week's worth of supplies before uh, they started running out. But actually, just today, the breaking news is that the suspension has been uh, rescinded and avocado sales are back on uh, to to the U.S. But, yeah, the, the green gold last week was the lime and the green gold this week is the avocado. And actually, just here in Mexico as well, the um, the price has tripled again, actually exactly lime. the same as limes over the course of the, the last year. And it, again, it is a classic you know, mafia strategy of extortion and, and price control is you you force people locally to um, to pay you more and then you control those prices uh, at, at a point of sale. Um, so the real price, you know, so if you have a particular cost of avocado, the real price, you know, the real cost that goes to the producer is probably about you know, a quarter to a third of what it actually costs and the rest does fundamentally go towards organized crime. Yeah. And so we're assuming that this threatening phone call that the U.S. inspector uh, of agriculture got was from somebody from the cartels. Yeah, they were basically it was, it was a it was a U.S. inspector who was refusing to certify a shipment um, who received a threatening phone call. So it was, it was somebody who was getting annoyed with the U.S. authorities and uh, not moving stuff fast enough and had presumably been pressured by somebody higher up the cartel ladder to. Um, you know, to get a bit heavy with individuals in terms of, you know, profit margins and, and so on. Again, you know, on your show, Martin, we, we've spoken more about the cartels really as, as multinational corporations or mm -hmm. I've tried to speak about them as multinational corporations and, and crime organizations. And that's the kind of stuff that they do. It's, you know, they look at numbers. Um, how can we maximize profit here on whatever it is that, uh, that is taking place? And, and, and that, you know, this individual that made the call, Presumably, would have been trying to, as with, you know, with all of us, well, not, maybe not all of us, but as with a number of people in in capitalist um, uh, societies and economies, he would he would have been he would have have had to reach certain targets and been terrified by not hitting those targets, 
and made the threatening phone call, which then became a massive international incident. Wow. Now, um, another story, an economic story from uh, Latin America. Um, and I don't know how this was. I mean, Argentina has just, when we were talking about interest rates rising to, I don't know, 4% or whatever here. Uh, in Argentina, interest rates have uh, risen to 42.5%. Now, do people in Argentina buy their houses on mortgages or do most people rent? Uh, because, you know, if you've got a mortgage, 42% is a hell of an interest rate. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the biggest rise since August 2019, which was in which interest rates reached 80 percent in Argentina. Um, And the the reason I mention that is because to kind of point out that these economic uh, difficulties that Argentina is experiencing now are not new. And in fact, you know, can be traced right back contextually to the, the financial crash of 1998 to 2002, which was the worst financial crash in its history and which led to a series of IMF, uh, International Monetary Fund loans, um, and then as a result, uh, free market reforms and austerity was imposed on the country. And that's really where the country is still at in the sense that, you know, that, that pact that they undertook then with the IMF involved, the IMF saying, well, you need to do this as a result. And then Argentina coming around saying, well, we can't do that. And then crisis and then restructure. And then the IMF saying again, well, you need to do this. And then Argentina saying, oh, we can't. And then, you know, repeat. And that's read. That's led to a cycle of uh, an economic cycle of, uh, you know, massive inflation, massive devaluation in which the Argentine peso really is not worth, you know, the, the, almost literally the, the paper that it's that it's written on. And this is the, the whenever interest rates go up that high, it's basically an attempt to stop spending or for people to, you know, to hold on to the their currency rather than in particular to trade it for the uh, for, for the US dollar. So definitely not. Um, you know, a functioning economy in the way that you know, most developed modern economies would, uh, you know, would would consider. And the the IMF has been a very uneasy uh, bedfellow for Argentinians for the last 25 years. In fact, you know, I'd say that almost the, the words that a local Argentinian on the street fears the most are debt restructuring. Here we go again. Yeah, it's funny because you think of, you know, when you look at economies across Latin America, you think of Argentina as one of the less wacky ones. Do you know what I mean? You think of Argentina, um, I suppose Argentina and Brazil, you think those are the countries where economies are, uh, are more similar to, to ours in, in Western Europe, if you like. Um, so, you know, you forget about the fact that, uh, I suppose, in uh, Buenos Aires, they've got huge inflation and uh, people are, are suffering and can't afford to to feed themselves. Yeah, and I, I think that's really interesting. And, and Argentina, actually, again, you know, going back to this IMF thing, almost this is the worst, um, you know, press story that the IMF has had in the last 20, 25 years. And actually, they, they, they released a report just uh, fairly recently in which they actually uh, almost agreed with the fact that they've they've self-generated, uh, that their policy stance has self-generated worse, worsening capital flight rather than boosting co- confidence um, in, in the country. And this was on the basis of the restructured loan agreement of t- 2018, not the one from... Uh, from 25 years ago. But, you know, the Argentinians for the last 25 years have really, really, I mean, not in a Venezuelan sense, which is just, you know, completely off the chart, but have, have really s- struggled to just get through, you know, the basic day to day. And as you say, with things like mortgages or or, or, or buying long standing uh, or investing in buying 
investing in, in, in long-standing stuff, which ordinarily you'd think, well, I'm going to sink my money into here because, you know, it's going to appreciate at least a little bit. It's a, it's a secure place to uh, to put this. That definitely doesn't happen. And the only secure place to, to put your money really is to, to, to transaction it out straight away to the dollar, which just exacerbates the problem. But, you know, for, for sure, in terms of generally speaking, Latin America has had a series of structural economic issues but the, the, the argentinian ones the argentine ones are very specific to to that country and what began to take place with that uneasy alliance with the imf 25 years ago yeah and and, and just finally the uh, inquest into uh, emiliano sala which is a while well, we're talking uh, argentina which is a, a desperately sad story and uh, it becomes even more so when you look at the details of the inquest Look, I completely agree. And that's actually exactly what I was going to say. Like, I can't get near this story without just feeling really, really sad, uh, in particular, you know, for, uh, for the, for the parents of, uh, yeah. for the mother of Emiliano Sala, who released a, you know, a statement from, from Argentina, Mercedes Tafarel, you know, about what, what had taken place and about her hopes for it. And, and also for, you know, the, the pilot's wife and son, uh, David mm-hmm. Ibbotson, who are also, you know, at the, at the inquest and what took place and, and the tragedy of it and almost the fact that, you know, I guess the question is with an inquest always is what are you trying to unearth? And it seems to me that this particular inquest is almost more akin to something like the Truth and Reconciliation Commissions of, you know, kind of post-war conflict in that really what anybody wants from this is kind of healing more than anything. It's not as though other stuff is really going to be uh, uncovered from it. And yeah, just just terribly sad. And we've got, you know, at the very least another five weeks of this. And 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 Argentina, Argentine outlets uh, re- regularly report on this and say that, you know, despite the fact that you know there is there was somebody, David Henderson, who was, you know, who served 18 months in in prison and so on. And we kind of know what went wrong. That the country still weeps for Emiliano Sala. Yeah, absolutely. My uh, daughter, actually, when she was uh, covering sport for Sky, did go over to Argentina and speak to uh, to his family. Um, and, uh, you know, it was impossible to to visit this story without um, realising just just how tragic it was. Um, you know, what, what a promising future he had, et cetera, et cetera. And um, what decent people his uh, his family and, and friends were um, out there. Um, as always, uh, thanks uh, ever so much, John, and we'll talk again uh, next week. No problem. Take care, Martin. There we go. That's uh, John Bonfilio uh, joining us from Campeche in uh, Mexico.